0: Everyone and welcome to Sea View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pereco. Our opening song features "Sunset Serenade" by Cyclone. Albums and singles are available in all music stores and platforms. A moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. Each week, we create a place for you to rest your heart by providing the platform for peaceable connection to the most gifted lightworkers, intuitive alternative healers who will surprise you with something different, something outside of what's expected, innovative and unique. Our shows are held on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. Take my call. At any moment before or during the show, you can opt for Take My Call and jump the long line of callers. We are now following the pay-what-you-can business model. You pay what you feel our services are worth to you. You can send a payment using paypal.me slash P-U-R-E-C-O and add the amount that you want. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareko at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website, cview1111.net. Now, close your eyes and get in touch with the present, the only reality. Feel your body, feel your breath, and let it drift back to the present moment.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Seaview 2023. And we are so happy to bring back our study group podcast, Messages from Metatron, with author Debbie Nina Bingham. We gather here at Seaview on the um, third Friday of every other month at 12 p.m. Eastern Time and we are welcome we welcome everybody to be here with us. Now let's introduce the author of messages from MesaTrum, Debbie Nina Vincent, but we call her Nina. She's an author, a life coach, a clinical hypnotherapist, and a sound therapist. Welcome to the show Nina. We are so happy to have you back. 2023 a great year. Thank you, Claudia. It's great to be back
2: in this new year. And um, thank you, everybody who is tuning in for the first time or people who are with the show um, regularly. So I'd like to begin our discussion today um, of our lesson on transgenderism and same-sex with a quote by the Greek philosopher Aristophanes. So I'm uh, currently um, in, a, in a master's program, and I'm studying right now um, literature theory, and so we're studying the Greek philosophers. And I came across this and thought, oh, that has to do with what we're talking about today. So mm-hmm. this is by the philosopher Aristophanes, uh, who said, quote, open your mind before you open your mouth open your mind before you open your mouth. And so if you're not transgendered or gay and, um, and you'd like to stay, I invite you to stay, but uh, to be a part of our study group as long as you have a genuinely open mind. If your mind is already made up on the subject, meaning you don't care what science has to say about why people are gay, then I urge you not to waste your time um, because this hour of study is for the open-minded only because as long um, as long as you think you can't learn anything, we can't teach you anything. So there's my vetting process. Uh, be open to learning something new um, or you're wasting your time. So having given that strong admonition, I'd like to turn now to what Two authorities on the matter have to say. So the first is an authority in the spiritual realm, and that is the Archangel Metatron, whose book, Messages for Metatron, we are studying. And the second is science, because we should always be willing to listen to what science has to teach us and in this case about the etiology of gender and sexuality. So first we're going to, and in the chapter entitled Transgenderism, Metatron focuses his remarks not so much on same-sex people, but on transgendered people. this is a book of uh, 30 messages, and we're on message 15 right now in this book. So we're exactly one uh, half of the way through in our study. So Metatron begins his argument by stating this. He says, quote, While you have a body, you are not your body. And aging will prove this to you. So saying to us, you experience the passage of time and watch as your bodies change um, from the body of a baby you know, into a teenager to the body of a young adult and then into middle age and then into old age. But on the inside, she says, we don't change very much. You know, I still have the same temperament, if I think about it, as when I was born. And my basic personality um, has remained intact. It's remained pretty constant. And my preferences have changed. You know, what I like and dislike. My education amount has changed. Um, My opinions have changed over time, over the years. While the essence of me has not changed a lot. And he says that to compare who I am inside with who I see in the mirror. And he says, if you believe that you're only your body, that's not you, is what he's saying. He said, in fact, he said, quote, it's like believing that the car you're driving is, in fact, you. So he goes on to explain that our body is just this, he calls it a meat suit. (laughs) Um, It houses this cosmic being, a spiritual being. So, to obsess over our looks, and when we can't accept that our bodies are aging um, that it can lead to problems um it can lead to becoming obsessed with our looks, so he's saying it's really important to accept that you are not your body only um that a well adjusted person um you know, sees themselves more than just their, their body. So he is, he's drawing a distinction here between not liking our bodies because of social pressure and feeling that we're stuck in the wrong body, people who are transgendered. And he's saying those are two different things. But, but Metatron reminds us you're not what you take yourself to be. So we are so much more than the body. But he said, if your outer body is so unacceptable to you that you feel you must change your gender, which is known as sexual gender reassignment, that that's okay. That's what he says. And he says, quote, those who are gender conflicted should not suffer in silence. He does not want anyone to hide their unhappiness or confusion. Please remember this, God does not want you to hide anything. So he's saying, you don't need to hide this from God. And he states that if you feel that you've been given a woman's body and you're a man, or if you were given a man's body and you're a woman, then you have every right to alter your body to match the inner view. Why is that okay? Why shouldn't trans people suffer in silence? I mean, if it makes other people uncomfortable around them, why should, why should they get to change? And to all of our listeners, you know, I think everybody felt that they didn't fit in at one time or another in their lives, um, you know, let's talk about how it feels to, to not be like everyone else and how it feels to be different because everyone has experienced that. And Claudia, let's start with you. you. You may not have struggled with your gender, but can you recall a time in your life when you felt you didn't fit in or you know, how you felt you were different than others or maybe have you felt like you were the outsider
1: at any time? But we're coming back to that point, uh, Nina. That I guess there's no one on earth that can say they have never ever felt that way. Um, I I as as I am listening to you, I was reflecting on the fact that pretty much life is a endless opportunity of feeling uncomfortable with something. Like there are so many things in life. That makes me feel uncomfortable myself, or different, or not accepted, or a weirdo in many aspects. Because everything that happens outside of me, whenever I have, I want to have an opinion or a judgment, that makes me uncomfortable. It, it, it's it's endless list of things that you eventually have to put an a on a mirror reflect and change the way you see of uh, things in in order to get into a peaceful resolution of a sense acceptance of others and self so I don't see how gender is uh, anything uh, away from that like I I, read, I probably this two three or four years or something like that i have seen a a change everywhere in in the world in you know the way that um transgender or gender has is posted on television videos uh, cinema conversation everywhere it has changed me now it's undeniable it's like it's right there for us to see that that idea that when we were little and i I think of myself when i was in kindergarten probably and i was told okay there are women and there are men and you are either here or there and that's it there's no no, nothing else wow now it's nothing like that ever again and it will not ever go that way and for many and and also for myself, it is a liberation of that restrictive position that was part of life before.
2: Excuse me. <clears throat> yes, it has. Uh, excuse me. It has changed a, a tremendous amount, even from when I was a kid. You know, I didn't. I came out, but not not until I was thirty-three years old excuse me and that's that's the reason is that i was told you know you must fit into one of these categories uh either you know male or female uh, but I'm certainly not gay that wasn't a category to fit in you know when i was growing up so um yeah i think you're right i think things have have changed tremendously um you know for me when i i think when my body began to change um and And I started uh gaining weight, and I went on an antidepressant I gained so much weight, and I realized at that point that I needed to accept myself just the way I was gay and, and overweight um, that my my body as it was and my and I started aging it's like I'm in my late fifties now, and i'm going to be fifty nine tomorrow tomorrow's my birthday
0: <laughs> uh, right now.
2: <laughs> I made it. A year from now, I'll be a big six zero, and And I can say um, today I have accepted myself as I am. And I, I do love myself as I am. But it's been a journey. Um, it's been a struggle. And it's been a process. And like, like many people, especially women, I've struggled to love myself as I am. And I think women especially struggle to accept our aging bodies and, you know, (laughs) our overweight bodies. Um, So, yeah, you know, there are a lot of things in ourselves that we have to accept along the way. Um, But it's interesting, though, that Metatron in this chapter comes right out and very directly says you know, to address your gender orientation is a good thing. And so I I started thinking, well, why? Why is it a good thing? And I went back to his book and here's the answer. He says, quote, I assure you abnormalities, you know, are planned and a part of your life's blueprint to teach humanity, to teach humanity. So that's interesting. I, I never really thought about it like that. So What is being gay or what is being transgender teaching? And he says, quote, that difference does not mean bad. It simply means different. You have been chosen to be a teacher by your example. Wow. (laughs) Did you ever think of it that way? I never did. Um, He says, "No, the simplest drive, yeah, the simplest drive to make everyone the same have caused most of the world's atrocities, cruelty, and often in the name of God. So let's pause here and, you know, discuss this a little because you may not be transgendered. You may have never wanted to change your gender, but every one of our listeners can relate to, you know, not liking something about their body. <coughs> and, you know, I think all of our listeners, as you were saying, have felt that they didn't fit in at one time or another. Um, has not been like everybody else. Um, So for me, there are two times in my life, though, that stand out uh, that were defining moments in, in my life. When I came out as a lesbian to my conservative Christian parents and my church at the age of 33. So I've known, I've known inside of myself since I was 18 that I had these feelings, but I didn't want to disappoint my parents since they were very religious and I was afraid to lose my family and my church friends. And so when I finally came out, uh, I came out to a husband and children because I, I was already married. And, you know, I look back on that, Claudia, and I think, had I listened to myself and not listen to those around me or not not listen to the church I was going to, but listen to myself, that I would have never gotten married in the first place, right? I wouldn't have created that mess. So (laughs) then I had to come out to my husband and children and family and church, and I did it all at once. And I did lose them. I did. I lost all of them. I lost everything. I lost my husband. Uh, I lost my kids because they didn't want to be with a parent who was gay. Because up until that point, you know, we had indoctrinated them that it was wrong. Um, I lost my parents, I lost my church, and all of my friends at church. I even lost my home in the divorce. So it was incredibly devastating. And sometimes telling the truth <clears throat> Sometimes telling the truth will tear up the life that you know. But do I regret coming out and losing it all? Well, the alternative was to keep lying to myself and to the world for the whole of my life and to be a phony and a fraud. So whatever it cost me, the price I paid was worth it because for the first time, I was free to be who I was and not hide in the shadows anymore. And was it hard losing everything? It was hell. It was hell. (laughs) But I survived it. I survived it. And today I can say that what you see is what you get. I am who I am without apology. And Meditron says it in this way. He says, quote, please remember that God wants one thing from you. For you to be yourself. If you are told to hide or suppress the real you, that is decidedly ungodly. God is always for your liberation. God is always wanting you to be freer and freer, happier and happier. But how can you be happy if you're hiding something as fundamental as your sexual or gender orientation? And so and I wonder if there's anyone who would um, like to share their experiences at this point or thoughts about transgender or same-sex, or if there's not on our phones yet, Claudia, maybe, um, you know, you, do you have any thoughts or any questions about um, my experience maybe about going through this and how I came out late in life and all that?
1: Well, you know, I, yes, yeah, I was. I have a comment and a question. I I am listening to you, and also I am questioning and lately some of the wrong ideas that I had about gender, because you know how nowadays it's not only gays and. Um, Lesbians and bisexuals. There are so many determinations, and I was thinking about that, and and I saw this movie. This uh, well, it was a, a TV show where this woman that was previously married, and she finds herself falling in love with this other woman. So she is married to a man, of course, with children. Your case. And then she falls in love with this other woman, and then she questions her her gender. She questions her says, Geez, am I lesbian? So, in that in the in that movie, she then goes to a lesbian bar, and she uh, gets in touch with this other woman, who is very much in her same arena, like they work in the same uh, kind of job, they have the same personality, everything that you would think, if there's a woman like me that I would be attracted, she found that woman and not the other one that she was in love with, but she did this and she said, no, I really have no interest in any other woman so the in this movie what the the result was that she understood that she was in love with her, this particular person that happened to have a woman's body, but that doesn't make mm-hmm. her lesbian or gay or bi or anything. Which it 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 just broke my my all of my uh, you know my mental uh, schemes because it was like, oh of course, you don't have to have a label to fall in love with someone, any area of someone, <laughs> if you don't look at that person as a gender. If you can fall in love with anybody, regardless mm-hmm. of what's the suit you're having, and that doesn't make you into any category. And it was like, oh, like, like to me, it's helped me understand a little bit how wrong we have been with gender. But did you find that you could also fall in love with a man as well? Or now that in your story, you would definitely never, ever, ever fall in love with a man? Or are you open to that even now?
2: Yeah, good question. I I like that question. Um, So I was married to a man for um, nine years, and I had two kids uh, you know, I was the soccer mom. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. with the band and everything. And uh and then I came out. And and you know what what the difference was for me is that people have had said, Well you know, did you like having sex with your husband? I mean, why were you married to a man if you, you realized you were a lesbian? And I think my I can't answer for everybody, but my answer for that is just to explain that <clears throat> that I like I, I didn't mind having sex with men. I think that's fine, right? I like that part. What What was missing for me was the emotional part, and it's like, um, you know how have you ever been sick, like you know had flu or cold or something, and you you kind of feel hungry, and so you eat maybe some cereal or something when you're sick, and it just doesn't taste right, and, and it's like you ate, and you're but you're just it's just not a, a full feeling and it's not satisfying, and you wonder, why did I eat that? <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's like, for me, I could have sex with men, but it wasn't emotionally satisfying, you know? And and that puzzle piece was really missing for me until um, until I fell in love with a woman and had sex for the first time. And then I was like, you know, I describe it like seeing the world before in black and white and then after that experience, the world was in color, you know. And it's like when you, when all you've ever seen is black and white TV and you you don't know there's color TV, you don't know what you're missing <laughs> until you yeah. watch color TV and you go, wow, this is a lot better. And so that's what it was like for me, Claudia. It, it wasn't the physical act of it. It was the emotional intimacy for me that was missing, that piece of the puzzle. And, and I think, you know, in regards to what you were saying earlier about we all, you know, we love to label, but sometimes labels don't fit. That's really true, and I think that's what happens in the LGBTQ community and with all the shades in the middle, that people aren't defining themselves so much by those five letters as they are sort of in between the cracks sometimes. That people don't feel they even fit squarely into lesbian or gay. You know, it's like, or, or even uh, bisexual, sometimes there's people who feel they're on the outside of those boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, um, I see sexuality on a spectrum. So it can go from, you know, white to black, and then there's every color in between, right? There's all these shades in between. It's not white and black. But see, the heterosexual world has wanted to say it's white and black. And and But people like me didn't fit into that white or black. We were gray somewhere in there. And so what I think I'm seeing in society with all these different labels with people, although, yes, they can be confusing, but if they fit for them, they fit for them. And who am I to say they don't fit for that person? I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they feel. I don't know what their experiences have been. So for me to invalidate that person's experience isn't correct. And so I just have to accept. Okay, you know, you you feel you don't fit into gay or lesbian or or bisexual. That you're you want to call yourself queer. Or you want to call yourself something else. What is that? What does that bother me for? It, it doesn't bother my life in any way, except it's a little confusing to me. So what? I'm a little confused. I mean, aren't we all? So I think that's what we're seeing is that we're seeing um, sexuality on a spectrum, Claudia. And I think some people don't feel comfortable with it because it's not a box, right? It's, it's not the box that we were told we were all supposed to get into. So uh, now let's move on and see what science has to say about whether being gay or being transgender is a choice. Or are we born this way like Lady Gaga said in her, her song. So let's see what science says, okay. So there's there's a field of research known as sexual orientation research. Sexual orientation research. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it is. That endeavors to explain the etiology or the causes of and gayness. So all geneticists know that no human behaviors are determined by a single gene, okay? Um, all these types of different behaviors that human beings have, we can't, we can't say, oh, well, one gene, you know, um, let's say the outgoing gene or the, um, you know, the timid gene or the uh, confident gene, you know, uh, controlled behavior. No, no, no. It's a combination of what they call nature and virtue. You might have heard that phrase nature <laughs> and nurture so nature means genetics okay? nature stands for genetics and uh, nurture means our environment okay the way we're brought up nurtured and sexual orientation is no different okay so it's not going to be controlled by a single gene it's just not it doesn't work that way so current studies say that genes that we inherit for being gay, now this is the latest research and I spent hours looking at this this week. Current studies say that genes we inherit for being gay are between 30 and 40%. Account for 30 to 40% of our behavior. Okay, almost half. That means 60 to 70% of gayness if you want to put it that way, is determined by our environment. Hmm. So that's the latest. And what does this mean? What does this mean? Genetics raises the chance of you being gay. That's what it means. So if you have these genes, you have a 30 to 40% chance more than the heterosexual that you'll turn out gay. Now, this is a pretty hefty, pretty hefty percentage. So genetics raises the chances of you being gay, but there's also something non-genetic going on here, right? There's other studies that have shown differences in gay men's brains and straight men's brains when those brains were examined post-mortem. So they're finding not only is there genes involved with this, but neurologically, with the brain, straight men and gay men's brains, when they examined them after death, post-mortem, were different in some areas of the brain. And guess what areas those were? They were areas that controlled sexuality. Mm-hmm. And there are studies also to show <coughs> hormonal differences. Hormones. In utero, meaning the, uh, the testosterone, Genes or testosterone levels, excuse me, um, or what's called the sex hormone levels, are different in males who grow up to be gay. So, another what that means is when horm- hormone levels were compared from before they were born, um, they found that gay men's hormones and, and straight men's hormones were different. And so These stats are these stats that I'm quoting now right now are from the Boston Globe and Newsweek, Um, and then in 2019, here's I think the most convincing thing about it. In 2019, the largest genetic study ever conducted on the issue concluded that quote there is no such thing as a single gay gene. Instead, a person's attraction to the same sex is shaped by a mix of genetic and environmental influences. Okay, a mix. So are you born this way? The answer is partially yes. Genetically, it means you're predisposed. So if I have inherited these genes, I am 30 to 40% more likely, I'm genetically predisposed to being gay. Now, Those are the stats that I found on being gay. What about being transgender? So in 2018, scientists discovered a link between genes and being transgender. And this, I think, is a very convincing study. It's the Australian study that examined 380 transgender women. 380 women, they found four genes involved in processing sex hormones like testosterone that were overrepresented in the gay women. So what does that mean? It means that <coughs> trans women had more hormones, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, four genes, not hormones, had four genes <coughs> more than of the straight women. So they had four male sex, uh, sexual kind of genes than the straight women did. Okay. So that's genetics. I mean, four genes isolated as causing transgender women to be different. I mean, to me, that's convincing genetic evidence. So (laughs) why is this important? Why did I spend hours looking at these
0: statistics?
2: Because here's why. A 2017 report found that 75% of trans between the ages of 14 and 25 years of age experienced discrimination on a regular basis, anxiety because of that discrimination, and depression. And that, listen to this statistic, and that half of all trans young people committed suicide. That's tragic. Yes. and young people committed suicide and unnecessarily because now we have scientific evidence to prove that both being gay and transgendered is not just a choice now we know with scientific certainty that we are born this way <laughs> so the problem is even with convincing research studies like this, we live in an age of science deniers Uh, we like to think that we're such a progressive society well the truth is that 86 percent of Americans say they trust science which means that only 14 percent don't believe in science 14 percent of Americans don't believe in science however among elected officials listen to this Claudia this is a whopper among elected officials, only 35% trusted scientists. (laughs) (laughs) That means 65% of elected officials in the government right now do not trust science. And that is concerning because elected officials influence how people vote. So if science-denying politicians can influence voters and can influence community religious leaders that science isn't real, then what we'll see is a rise in anti-science rhetoric. And that is concerning because laws not predicated on the fact has never worked out well for our species. The law based on religion and not science has always brought us to a dark age. So the moral of the story, I believe, is be careful who you vote for and who you listen to. So let's get back now to the Archangel Metatron's advice, which happens to agree with science, and that's advice we can listen to. So he tells us, quote, you are not your body, your age, or your nationality. You, do not even, you are not even your gender. You are none of these things. If you are none of these things, who are you? And then he tells us who we are. I, I really like this passage. <clears throat> Quote, you are timeless. You are infinite. You are indestructible. He's talking about the soul, is me, Not the body, the soul. You are all loving and completely accepting. You are without fear. You are an aspect of God. And you should remind yourself of these truths on a regular basis. I am timeless. I am infinite. I am indestructible. I am all-loving and completely accepting. I am without fear. I am an aspect of God. Yet you look in the mirror and exclaim, this is God. You have a body, but you are not your body. Stop identifying people's words by the body or the lifestyle they lead. Stop looking on the outside. Try to see past it. And that's really the heart of this message from Metatron, that humans, we can be so small-minded and base our opinions on what we've been told versus what the truth is. And we've got to try and accept when people are different from us because different doesn't mean bad. Metatron says, quote, it's it's better to say we are all equal and we are all children of the same God. So Claudia, let me ask you, why do you think transgender and same-sex people are still misunderstood? Because... Anybody, just like I did, can go on the Internet and do research and find this scientific research, the same stuff that I found. So if if we all have access to the Internet, we all have access to the same information. Why is it then that these folks, transgenders and same-sex people, are so misunderstood, do you think?
1: You know, I, I truly believe that we see the courage that people have when they are different from whatever paradigm we have, and someone that is courageous enough to come to this life, to be something that is apart from that, it scares you, because you cannot comprehend. You can truly do not comprehend how they can be fine like that. And it makes you question yourself in many ways in areas that you don't want to see within you. And when someone presents out there what you are denying in here, it scares you. And, he, and, and I think the, the human reaction is to try to avoid, destroy, lock out of their way that which is so eminent because it's you. Mm. And I would wow, to Nina, it. that we all have those feelings. In, and in a part of you, somewhere in your story, you have had a, a feeling that you might not be agreeing to because society says no. And probably we yeah. all have had, and we all have had that doubt. And you know, when, when someone is courageous to 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 say this is who I am and I don't care, it scares you.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great answer. <laughs> That's really uh vulnerable you. of you to say and I and I appreciate you saying that. Um I think you're right. Um when people show great courage Especially, I, to me, as a same-sex person, especially someone who is transgender, to me, I can't imagine anything that would be more difficult than having to do that. Um, but when you see that kind of courage, it, it's just, it's amazing, and, and at the same time, it can be a little intimidating, you know, um, that that people can be this courageous. Um, but in this message, many kind of explains that souls come into this world with, gender identity issues but this isn't a mistake it's not a mistake of nature and he says it can look like a mistake but god doesn't make mistakes and instead that person's life is a lesson for everyone about the necessity of unconditional acceptance really it's about love he's saying he's saying they they're showing us how to love beyond the exterior and the lesson seems to be we are not the body, we are the soul. Not the body that determines gender, the soul determines gender before it even incarnates in a body. So if a person is trans, it's not a mistake. Uh, and Metatron said, quote, I assure you, you are not a mistake. Instead, you are something much grander than you can realize. You are a liberator you are liberating people's thinking. You are helping others to understand that they are not, uh, that, that they do not yet comprehend the soul. And you are helping them see that not all people fit into strictly prescribed boxes. And he goes on to say, you are a savior, saving humanity from ignorance by being more than a body. You are the bravest of souls. Your courage is renowned on the other side. You've shown what bravery looks like by defining the rules that oh defying the rules that were created out of an ignorant and elementary understanding of what it is to be human. He's saying being human has nothing to do with your gender or what you look like. You're making everyone look hard at how to define what it is to be a human and what it is to be a man or a woman. And for that, the world owes you a debt of gratitude. Oh, let's see. A uh, debt of gratitude. And you are heroes to us on the other side. Just what you were saying, Claudia. Courage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember channeling this part of the book, and I remember crying. And it kind of puts a lump in my throat now because seeing a same-sex and trans person through his eyes was a completely novel experience for me. I saw them as these incredible gutsy heroes who chose to come here and take a body ill-suited to them so that they could demonstrate to us a living demonstration that we are not the body. We are really the soul hidden in a body and sometimes the wrong gendered body to prove a point, Um, you know, and and to see them through these glasses really change forever how I see it. So he calls them heroes. So Claudia, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, no, you know, I
1: am... Um, I'm thinking right now and wondering, you know how um, life on Earth is about polarity? Everything here on Earth is black or white and it was designed this way. And I believe that we were part of that design, that we are part of the creation. So Earth to me was created to be able to live, uh, to... To believe a world where polarity was the, the, the theme, polarity, black and white, women and, and men. Uh, everything is polarity. We are hate to love everything, everything. And in all those aspects, we are here to remind us that this is just a label and things in all things that we have, have polarity with is not real. But I was wondering, Nina, do you think other worlds are created different with different things? And maybe in other worlds, they don't even have genders in there because that's not the thing for that world uh, to experience. And this is only something here. And when we created this polarity on Earth, we did it as a drop as it could be. So it would be mm-hmm. the experience of a lifetime. Like, okay, if we're going to live, pol- uh, have a life of polarity, let's make it real. And and I guess for the soul, when you are a soul, this is like, yay, let's experience that. That's different. And you come here and I do, <laughs> what did I put myself into? Because it, it's amazing that in every aspect of life, we are such wrong in thinking all the time that this is true and this is false and that we know it all. And, and then you bring things like that, like this, like gender. Now gender is disappearing. In my mind, it's disappearing from, the, from even the vocabulary. because And it's like, wow, one of the concepts that was so predominant In life on earth is disappearing little by little it hurts to disappear and that's where heroes like like transgender and same-sex and all of those people that come with that those are the heroes because they are bringing that up to disrupt whatever it was there and the same in other areas of polarism here but i'm wondering what goes on in other worlds? And I think, I don't know. I I was just wondering on that. Have you
2: thought about those things? No, I've never really thought about it. It's an interesting question to entertain. Um, I think it would be a good thing. Um, I think it would bring peace um, if we could get rid of sexism and, you know, get rid of um, genderism. I, I Personally, I, I think it would probably help us to all get along a lot better if we just saw each other as souls and not, you know, black or white skinned or, um, you know, all these categories we make, all these divides we build between each other is just causing issues. Um, so I think as, as, you know, what you're saying is as society develops, we're, we're going to see, you know, these kind of issues which divide us, you know, are starting to shrink and I wouldn't mind if it shrank and blew away, personally. <laughs> it would be great. But, you know, I'm thinking every gay and trans person uh, have encountered, for so one time or another, you, you know, you're going to hear some kind of funny questions or comments. And just before the show today, I, I had that thought, and I, I scribbled down some comments and questions that I've gotten uh, along the way. Maybe I'll close today with these. They're just kind of um, funny, uh, but true. So one question I've had is if you've um, ah, one question I've had is if you've had sex with someone of the opposite sex. We kind of talked about this earlier. Uh, why? What didn't you like about it? You know, I've had people ask me that, and and I, you know, I kind of said I did enjoy it. That that's why I was married. But um, what we were missing, what I was missing, was the proper feelings that should have gone along with it but you don't know that you're missing those things until you've had it you know it's like how, how do you know that um you know how do you know that a hamburger's good but you don't know it's not as good as a prime rib steak you know mm-hmm. steak. Yeah, you have to try them both Yeah, that was kind of the thing for me. So it wasn't that I really understood that I was missing the proper feelings until I had that experience. Another question that I have been asked is, have you ever wished you were straight? (laughs) And I think you could ask probably any trans person, and they're going to give you the same answer, and that's all the time. So given a choice, you know, given a choice because I had religious parents, uh, my life would have been way easier, especially when I was younger. Um, Because when you're younger, you really don't want to stand out. You really don't want to be different from your friends. But, you know, now that I'm older and I have come out, I am thankful now uh, that I I came out. Let's see, another question. Well, this is not a question. This is more like a comment that I've gotten, I've heard, is, well, you know, maybe this is just a phase. Maybe this is just a phase. I've heard that I heard that first from my mom when I came out to her. Which doesn't really make sense because if you're older like me, I was thirty three when I came out, I've had a lot of time to think about it. I mean, from the time I was eighteen years old, I thought about it every single day. Mm-hmm. So that's thirteen years that I was having these feelings, but hit it. Um And so if you've been hiding something for 13 years you finally get up enough courage to tell everyone that's not a phase it's not a phase it's a major revelation so Mm -hmm. most people don't wake up one morning and say i think i'll tell people that i'm gay today (laughs) usually the decision that it's taken them a lot of thoughtful consideration to make that decision and, you know, a fair amount or a lot of anxiety uh, to reach that decision. So, no, it's usually not a phase. Um, another question or comment I've heard uh, more than once uh, was from guys who would meet me and find out that I'm gay. And then they de- it's so funny to watch guys, they back up several feet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then they back up from you and they say, you can't be gay. You, you don't look gay. Or this one, they say, you just haven't met the right guy yet. And I've heard that many times. So let's let's turn this around. So, Claudia, since you're straight, if I met you and I said, oh, Claudia, you're only straight because you haven't met the right woman yet. What would you think about that?
1: Before I would have laughed, probably, Today, I don't know. I have changed in that matter. I think I could love a woman, but I don't know mm-hmm. if, if that would make me gay. I, would, I, would, I could love a woman because of who she is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, my, my concern probably would be if I would love that person enough, to have sex, if, if I would feel confident enough in myself. But it's the same with both with a man, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. But I, I am not, I don't see it as, as bad. I, I don't see it as something horrendous that could happen to me No. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, 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 what I hear you saying, Claudia, is that you're not thinking in terms of black and white as much anymore.
1: Yeah, I changed that. That that is not the way that I think anymore. It's, it's, I, I think I would be open, but I I would be reserved on. I don't know if I would be. I I would have it. I don't know, but I would be open right. depending on the one. Great.
2: You would. You just have to try the steak first.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but, but I but I hear you. It's 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 daring. I remember when I was at, um I I was about sixteen, seventeen, and I was hanging on with this um, Susanna, which I really like her her friendship. I really really enjoy being with her. And I remember mm-hmm. one time my mother said to me, "But don't you see this this woman is courting you?" And I'm like, I was oblivious to the fact and I don't even know if that was true or not but it was like like I could not even understand why my mother would say something like that because I could not see it. She was just my friend. Now I truly don't know if she had any other intentions. I don't know if she was there or not lesbian. I never knew. So I, 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 I don't know if I would be, I, I would see that <laughs> it's fun
2: yeah yeah i think i think being gay is, is an experiential thing i i don't think i've ever ever talked to um a gay person who said to me oh you know i was reading a magazine and i saw a picture of two women together and decided oh, i was gay you know <laughs> it doesn't. Uh-huh. So you met somebody and you feel
1: the attraction correct
2: Yeah, you know, it's usually experiential. You know, you have an experience of some sort. Um, And and then, you know, it goes deeper, and then you find yourself, you know, having relations with a person, and then you start to develop feelings. So, you know, I think it happens just like it happens with heterosexual people, in the exact same way. So it's Mm -hmm. experiential. You know, you're not going to look at a guy and say, well, I fell in love with him because he was playing football on the field. I mean, you know, you got to know him, and that's how you Mm -hmm. fell in love. Here's another question I get. Isn't it bad for kids to see gayness because they might turn gay? I've heard people say that. And the only answer I had to that is, it's not a disease that you can catch. So if a child is predisposed to being same sex or transgender, seeing me being gay or you being straight isn't going to persuade them. It's genetics that will persuade them. And their environment. And, and how do we know that? Because we just learned that in science class. <laughs> we learned that in Nina's science class today. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think kids seeing people be gay is, is going to change them in any way. And I've also heard people say, well, don't you think flaunting your gayness is wrong, like holding hands in public is wrong? And I ask the same of straight people. It's like, do you feel bad holding hands in public with your partner? No? Then why should I feel bad about it? You know, you don't hold hands to flaunt your love. You hold hands as a sign of affection,
0: not mm-hmm. because
2: you're flaunting it. Yeah. And then one time I had a, a funny question. They said, what's the gayest thing you've ever done?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know, Claudia. Claudia. What's the strangest thing you've ever done?
1: Yeah, being me, I just said just being me. I don't. Yeah, that's
2: a funny question. Yeah, it's a funny question. But it's like if you turn these questions around, you know, and make them like ask the straight people the same questions, they get these blank looks on their faces. You know, like, yeah, have you been straight all your it, life?
1: It makes no sense <laughs> to question that one. Yeah, but you're right. When you turn it around, it's like, uh so oh, That's
2: that, that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, if I were to ask you, Claudia, had so have you been straight all your life?
1: <laughs> How do you answer that? I guess I like, yes. Until I asked Alan that probably, but yeah, so far yes. <laughs> So, I, don't want yes. to, I don't want to put myself into one category anymore, and Nina. I learned my lesson. It's like, no, okay, so far, I am. But I don't want to say that this is going to be forever because probably I'm still having some years to here, and if, if the opportunity comes, why not?
2: Well, I think it's great. I think it's great. And I applaud you, you know, that um, you're not thinking of things in black or white terms, you know, ultimatums anymore. I think that's great. And I think that shows a lot of um, growth, you know, for anybody that's willing to think like that, who can think a little gray or think a little in the middle, that's fantastic. Yeah, but I
1: I want to, again, um, reinforce what you said. I want to thank everybody out there that is, different in any way and that they have shown us people that we thought we have it figured out that it's okay to be different and that the courage and the heroes that have shown us that as a maybe straight person to none, thank you so much.
2: That's right. Thank you so much. And um, <clears throat> I want to thank everybody for being open-minded for spending your hour with us and I hope it has been enlightening and illuminating for you. And I invite you to join us for our next study group on the topic of soulmates, soulmates. We're going to discover uh, what a soulmate is, why we have them, how many soulmates we have in a lifetime and so much more. So that will be on Friday, March 17th at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time here on Seaview. Um, If you'd like to see my other angel books, please go to my blog. That's ninabingham.blogspot.com, or you can find me, ninabingham, on amazon.com. And so until next time, remember that different isn't bad. Different is just different. Okay, so long. And thank you for that. Thank you,
1: everybody. Good time.